is Anna Lindsay, and you're listening to The Anthony Rogers Show. If you too are grieving the loss of a loved one this holiday season, you're not alone. Here's a new song that I just put out called I'm Not Ready for Christmas, and it's about just that. Everything keeps on moving, but I'm still here, stuck in this loop. Trying to be grateful for each day while missing you. the talk cause no one wants to listen to the silence in the room or the masochist who mentions it i don't feel joy i feel the cold inside you are now listening to the greatest show in the universe hey man this is tommy charm right now you're listening to the anthony rogers show Hey, this is Jordan Belfort, the real Wolf of Wall Street, and you're listening to The Anthony Rogers Show. The Anthony Rogers Show. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Sean Danielson from Smile Empty Soul, and you are listening to The Anthony Rogers Show. The Anthony Rogers Show. Brian Banderak from The Verb Pipe here, and you're listening to The Anthony Rogers Show. Hey, this is James Jude Courtney. Michael Myers, a.k.a. The Shape, in Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, and the soon-to-be-released Halloween Ends. And this is the Anthony Rogers Show. I am Dave Holmes, from MTV and Esquire Magazine, and you are listening to the Anthony Rogers Show. What's up, everybody? WWE Hall of Famer, the Godfather, and cannabis expert, <laughs> and connoisseur, and you're watching the Anthony Rogers Show. Peace. Luxurious Bastard Beard Co. is the best in beard care products. Grow a beard, be a man, and use Luxurious Bastard Beard Co. Use promo code LEGENDARY to get a discount. And get your Christmas shopping done early. Luxurious Bastard Beard Co. Link in description. Hamper offers a premium monthly smoking subscription box for all of your smoking essentials. Avoid trips to head shops and gain access to limited edition bongs and smoking goodies. Discover limited edition glass and innovative accessories. 3 million boxes shipped. Get this month's box $39.99 for over $100 in smoking gear. Wild Protein Chips. Comfort food you can count on. Chips made from chicken breast, egg whites, and bone broth. High-protein chips crafted from real ingredients, chicken breast, egg whites, and bone broth. No nuts. No gluten. No grain. No dairy. No potatoes. Use promo code LEGENDARY and try them for yourself. Hello, every. Welcome back to the greatest show in the entire universe. And um, I didn't realize the irony of having a um, bong company on here with the sergeant until I was watching this. Um, but uh, that's, that's some uh, severe irony. I did not I did not plan, I promise. Um, but yeah, just so uh, we have a big show here. Before we get to that, um, we had Robert F. Kennedy on. Uh, uh, some questions uh, were answered by him from uh, some of the staff here at the Anthony Rogers Show. So that will be on YouTube soon. Um, some clips are out there too as well. But today. Um, this is uh, 
we have uh, Ann Dorn from St. Louis. Uh, she's a, a former uh, sergeant. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good, Anthony. How are you? Really good. Yeah, I realized the irony as soon as that ad was playing. Like, I'm just like, like I'm like, like, <laughs> like your background and how the world the world has changed a lot in my life. Because like, uh, like the 16-year-old me gave me a heart attack almost. You know, I was like, uh, like the 16-year-old me. I'm like, oh, man. But then I realized the world's changed. Oh, no. No, the world's. Well, it's changed a lot since. Well, we'll get into some of the things I'm involved in now, man. You'll, you, you, it might blow you away. So that's funny. Well, thank you for uh, going backwards in your career and coming on this show. I appreciate it. Like, uh, it's an honor to have you on here. Like, uh, so you were, were you, were you were in the St. Louis Police Department? I was St. Louis City for 28 years. What is okay? <laughs> with uh, that's that's insane to me. Like, what, so what? What are some <laughs> stuff you had to deal with, like, with with being in that situation? Oh my gosh. Um, I started in the, in the school, I was a school resource officer for eight years. So I dealt with a lot of gang members and, um, juvenile crimes. I dealt with sex crimes, child abuse, narcotics, violent offenders. I mean, you name it, I've probably done it. That's so and, crazy. Uh, yeah. yeah. City of St. Louis, most violent city in the United States. It's a wild town. I imagine to be a police officer and like, you get no respect there. Like, I, like in, anywhere else in Missouri, if you're a police officer, everybody's like, well, thank you, sir. Or ma'am, you know, it's like, like, they're, they're, like they're, they have like, they seem to have respect <laughs> everywhere, but St. Louis, it seems like. Yeah, they do. They do. And uh, across the country, there's places where they do. And but yeah, St. Louis is not one of them. That's crazy. Yeah. No. So that's like a, that's a lot of time as a police officer too. Like, I mean, and St. Louis is a wild town. Like I, I can only imagine like what you like, what you guys have to deal with in that town. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah, there's, it's, um, you know, a five-year officer has about 15 years of experience working in St. Louis. So um, you can only imagine the things that they see and experience. And when they go on to other agencies, they're running circles around those officers. That's crazy. I, I would, I did a comedy show in St. Louis and a police officer afterwards was showing me like shootout videos he had, like with like, like individuals, like it was like, mm -hmm. it was like, it looked like modern warfare to me. I was like, that is crazy. Like the kind of like uh, the madness they have to deal with. That's crazy. Like, Yeah. And there's no support from the government. You know, the city government is just horrible and they're not backing our officers and they're losing them at a rate that um, is becoming very dangerous for people, not just officers, just the citizens themselves. So it, it's very sad at this time that they're treating them like that. Well, yeah, they're just like chanting defund the police from all the political positions in the town. And then like, uh, I couldn't imagine being a police officer there. That's, that's kind of just a crazy, that's just crazy to me. Like, uh, and that's a town that needs like justice more than anything, probably. I mean, there's a lot of those problems would be easy, easy to solve. I mean, just family structure, business. I mean, just just certain certain things could be, I, I don't think, I feel like Stanley's like held down on purpose. Is it, it's just like the problems don't even seem like real problems. Oh, it is. That, what do you think, it, what do you think it is? No, like, it, it, it can very easily be controlled. Um, it's city politics. It's the politics there. It's a money game. You know, what can you do for me kind of thing? Um, and unfortunately the citizens are caught in the middle and, um, you know, they were playing games with crime at one time and they still are, but not as bad as they were. When Kim Gardner was in office, our prosecutor, we got rid of, um, she was letting criminals go. Murderers were being released, um, not prosecuting them or they were sent home on ankle bracelets and the victim's families were having to see them out there. Uh, it was just, and, and the officers, as fast as they were arresting them, they were being released. They couldn't even get the reports done. And and people were back on the street. And, you know, a lot of people still have confidence in the police. It's the government they don't have confidence in, in the courts. Uh, you know, and it's kind of serious then, you know, because the officers can't do their job when they want to do it. 
and it, it plays a mental part on them and it really messes with their head that they can't do the job that they've been called to do. Yeah, no, it seems like, yeah, it seems like a crazy problem. And like, I like, what do you think the reason is to let all these people out? Like, uh, just to keep mad, just to keep like a constant state of like insanity that they can just be like, make false promises for or something like what do what, I, I don't really see outside of that. I don't really see a good reason to like make the world bad for no reason, you know? No, it, it, it's an agenda. Um, it's, it's a, it's an agenda um, that Kim Gardner had done. She wanted to reduce like reform criminal prosecutions or whatever, but um, she was George Soros funded and his, you know, it's this, I believe, and, you know, conspiracy theorist says it's a new world order and you create chaos in a town and, um, you know, certain political parties can jump in and um, seize that, seize that community, you know, come to their aid on a white horse at the very end and pull them out of the darkness. And I think that's what they're shooting on for next year, that they're going to try and jump in and, and save the community when if they just did their job in the first place, the community wouldn't be where they are today. Yeah, yeah, it's almost encouraged to be like terrible. Like it's just like weird. It's it, it, it's it, it's a weird time. I mean, I think you're right too. I think destabilizing it and then all the false promises they provide afterwards. They take they take out all the companies, so there's no money. And they're like, oh, we have money for you guys. You know, we'll have money for all you guys. You know, and, and it's just false promises, and they're just being led to the slaughter for sure. And I I, I noticed that oh, yeah. how, how uninformed the voters are in like St. Louis I, I, is is absurd to me. And it's like and it's so crazy. It's so crazy the cycles. It's like they they like build up a hero. Hero's not good. Next fake hero over and over. And, and it's the same. They're just doing the same move over and over again. These actors almost, it seems like. And it's just like a, it's like this weird play. You know, that's what it seems like. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they do. They build them up and then they don't. Oh, they promised us this and they promised us that. And, and you know, they didn't take care of us. And you got to take care of yourself. You know, and that's, you know, a lot of us out there, you know, that's what we try and tell them. We try and educate them. But there's only so many of us to do that. Um, you know, I've become pretty political. I wasn't political when I was a policeman. After my husband's death, I'm political and I try to educate people and let them know, hey, wake up because nobody's going to save you but you. No, yeah, there's no Superman. You know, I think that's very important. There's no Batman. Like, yeah, we have to fix our own problems. And I think, I think people almost need to be talked to on that level. Like, you know, like, the, like everyone seems like an adolescent. Like, it's like, a, like, like perpetuating your adolescence was like seeming like, like glorified it for some reason rather than like growing wise and, and intelligent, like being a hero like that. Like, you know, everyone just wants to be a crowd member or something. They don't want to be a hero, you know? And, that, and, that, and that's why I think like crowd mentality works for people because like they, th- they don't understand their own like strength in, in the world, you know? Oh, definitely. Yeah. These crowds, they, I mean, they just amp them up and then they put plants in there that really, you know, get them going on a way that they wouldn't even go before. Um, What I really liked at one point in, um, at one point in Ferguson, when Ferguson was getting bad, um, Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson showed up and they were like, the people were actually like, get out. We don't want you here. Uh You know, you're not part of our, you're not here to help us. You're just here to get FaceTime. And I was really impressed by that group, even though, you know, they did a lot of destruction. They were like, no, you two aren't coming in here and stepping on our game. Um, and, yeah, no, you know, I was pretty I impressed that they ran out of town. Yeah, those guys are feds for sure. Like, uh, they were around, like, Martin Luther King's death and stuff. Like, like Jesse Jackson went on, like, television, like, Martin Luther King's blood, like, like pretending like he was, like, his friend and stuff. Like, like that, guy's a, that guy's a disgusting human being, you know. And, like, uh, and, and, they, and they play race against people, basically. They, they want to mm-hmm. blame they want to blame like race, but like everybody, everybody has an equal. Ch- it's America, you know. It's like it's like I, I grew up in a trailer park and I'm doing awesome. You know what I mean? Like like anybody, you know what I mean? Like anybody could do anything ever, and it doesn't matter how poor you are, it doesn't matter how, how smart you are. It's just it's just showing up. 
<laughs> like basically, that's all, that's all it is here. It's like if you yeah. show up and do the job. I mean, anybody, and they need to be told that they don't have, you know what I mean? Like it's like, it's, it's like, uh, I don't know, it's a weird, it's a weird time. And like nobody wants to fix it. They just want to blame, I don't know, everybody's going to blame it on somebody else, you know? And like rather than just like fix it. Because St. Louis is so oh, close. Oh, yeah, to I amazing. agree. It's so, like St. Louis is so close to just being an amazing oh. thing. Yeah, it could be so much. I mean, we got we got that landing down there, and that land, landing was legendary for so many years. And, you know, it could be another river walk like any of these. I mean, I've been to San Antonio. I've been to Jacksonville, Florida. And they have these beautiful river walks with these communities, and they have concerts and bands. And you don't even want to go down to ours. It's disgusting. It's the all the businesses are closed. And, you know, we could have a really beautiful community, but a lot of it is politics. And it's it's a pay-to-play community, and, and it's disgusting what's going on and um, the citizens just need to wake up. And that, I think that's a lot of the, some of the, not some of the cities in the United States and all of them, but there's several that are just like us. We just have yeah, to be in the limelight quite a bit. No, I agree. Yeah. St. Louis is like a smaller version of like New York or Chicago or something. It's like, a, like that's what it seems like. And, and people from the suburbs just see St. Louis as a place to like, like uh, get drunk and leave their uh, trash in the street. That's what, that's what I don't like about the, like, like the, ask, the, the view of it. You know, it's like if people had a more positive view of it and, and uh, they wouldn't treat it like that, it would, it, it's, it's just an energy thing. Like no one believes in it because it's always just knocked down a bunch. Like, you know, it's like, it's a, like, and it's a, and I get it's an old town. I get, I get that people went to the suburbs after the cities. I mean, I understand everybody lives online now, really. You know, so I mean, I, I, I understand how the world works, but I think it still has so much potential. I like the the transit system's great. I think like the, the the sports teams are amazing. I mean like uh I mean there's so there's so many like amazing things to do there, you know. And I think like the free zoo, that's crazy. I no one has a free zoo. Like I I travel everywhere and I've yeah. never, I've never seen anyone else with a free, I mean there may be one, but I haven't seen it, you know. And like it's just got a lot of cool stuff and it's got a lot of character. No, we we really do have a No, sorry, go. Ahead. I keep I didn't mean to talk over you, sorry. I'm sorry. No, I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, we have an amazing city. There's so much to do here. Um and like you said, a free zoo. There's a lot of free things you can do in the city, and that's not that's unheard of in most cities. And and you know, a lot of people aren't don't realize they can be a tourist in their own town in, in St. Louis. And um, you know, unfortunately, the city government doesn't support a lot of that. They they want people to come here and spend their money, but they don't want to pay to clean it up. They don't want to pay to have the police services there. They don't want to make it a safe place. And um, that's unfortunate because we used to be a gigantic tourist town. Fourth um, of July every year. I don't know if you ever came in for our fair, St. Louis. We used to have millions of people come in town, and it was three days with concerts, free concerts every day. It was huge names: uh, Beach Boys, Kenny Rogers, um, Sammy Hagar. You know all these great. I can't even go on. Elton John came in, and for you know these were huge, and they drew so many people and so much money. And now you, you can't get anybody to come in. Yeah, no. It's- it's crazy. And a lot of people don't want to ride the Metrolink. Like uh, a, lot, a lot of people where I'm from, like, you know, found like St. Charles County, they, they won't ride the Metrolink because like, I mean, and I, and I kind of see why I'm, a, I don't know. I'm tall. I'm tall maybe. So it doesn't bother me, but, but I feel like, I feel like a lot of, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are like scared of like teenagers selling drugs or something. Like it just, that's what it seems like to me. It just seems like, like broke teenagers selling drugs and trying to be criminals. And it, and it was just like, and like, uh, I don't know, like, like, I don't know. it's glorified. I mean, I see why I see why. I mean, I mean, I see how they got there even, you know what I mean? I even understand and empathize how they got there and I feel bad for them huh? really. But 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 I mean I think like um I mean these people are just gonna end up in cages if they if they don't change their lives and that and that's the problem you know and I think that like I mean and, and it, there's it just needs so much love you know the city needs so much love you know and and then and then I think that's the answer you know I think that's like 
that, that's most of it. It's just like it's just a, how they view the world, really, how everybody views the world, how people view St. Louis that live there and don't live there. You know, it's like it's just the viewpoint of it, you know, and they can be changed, I think. I feel like at least. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I always tell people, you know, if we could live every day like it was 912, you know, after 911, if we could live like the days after how we, we nobody saw race, nobody saw economics. We just saw Americans and and we came together and we spoke to each other. You made eye contact with people on the street that you didn't even know when you spoke to them. Um, if, if we could yeah, start living like that again, you know, I mean, it, it would be a very our country would change tremendously if, if we could go back to that. I think so too. And I think we've lost a lot of the sense of what it means to be America and United and stuff like that. I think we're, there's so much in-house fighting, like even within like sides. I mean, there's like 15 sides and then there's like inside fighting in those sides. And it's just like, it's just divide and conquer. And like, we're all going to be like making Nikes for China, basically. I mean, I, I mean, if you're not practicing that, I mean, <laughs> that's, I mean that's, how, that's how I feel. It's just like, once we get it together and like, just, and we can get out of this without war. I think, I think we can get out of this, like, uh, there's a rise in consciousness and just a lot of things, you know, I think like, uh, like if, I mean, if we just had fat. I mean, imagine St. Louis had just factories there. That would solve St. Louis and solve every major city, honestly, we, and, and the American economy. It solved that too. Like our economies, we have no real exports. You know, we have no. We don't make anything other than like fame, really. You know, that's you know, it's like, and that's like everywhere. It's not just a city. It's like, I don't know. It's just weird, and I feel like it's easy to fix, but nobody wants to. Nobody wants basically. Yeah, they're all they're all living in their lives, and they're just they're. Um isolating themselves away from everybody and and it's you know people don't know their neighbors anymore and you know when i was a kid and probably you too you know all your neighbors your neighbors knew you um and nowadays you, some people don't even know who lives next door to them no i know it's, there's no sense of community and they don't want to yeah no that's definitely true and i think that's a lot i mean that's no. a lot of every town yeah the isolation i could see that that's crazy yeah. no yeah, it's 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 across the country. It's just not, you know, but St. Louis is, you know, we love our sports teams and we'll come out for them. But that's starting to dwindle, too, because people are scared to come into the city. But um, I think it's just going to take, you know, everybody to stand up and realize, hey, we're Americans and we have to stand up for ourselves because nobody's going to do it for us. And um, I'm a big supporter of that. And, and I'm willing to get out there and lend my voice to it and let people know. Well, yeah, I think that's definitely important. And I think people need to be reminded that because like, I think like uh, everybody's just like a coward, basically. You know, you saw that in like 2020, everybody just, like, gave <laughs> up everything. They, they gave up everything. They're like, like, okay, Massa, I'll do everything you say. You know, it's like, it just made it just made no sense. No sense of individuality, no sense of community, no sense of like uh, like courage or anything. It was just like it was just like, like you just saw this like weird IQ test and weird weird like courage test. It was like there's so many cowards. They're just like yeah, like, you know, like, like it makes no sense. Like 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 companies that like kill you for having cancer and bankrupt your entire family are giving you something for free. I'm like, are you kidding me? He's like, you know, what I mean? you know, what I mean? yeah. you saw how everybody reacted to that and it was like crazy. And then like I don't know, it was just nuts. Yeah, yeah. People don't get it. Diabetic medicine. I mean, insulin was can be made for pennies on the dollar, and and the person who invented it was giving it away for free. And then these big corporations bought it, and now they charge hundreds of thousands of dollars for a monthly supply when this stuff costs very little to make. And, you know, I think that kind of thing should be regulated. Um, I don't think it should be a for-profit industry. I mean, you can go to other countries and get stuff, very little price. I mean, I was just in Puerto Rico and Puerto Rico's part of the United States, but you can walk into a pharmacy and get things that you can't walk into our pharmacy and get. And it's, it's, the price is just stupidly cheap, it's you know, uh, or not stupidly cheap. It's the way it should be. 
that's like insulting that they treat Puerto Rico better than like Missouri. That's like insulting. Like to be honest, like I'm kind of like well, I'm kind of like annoyed by hearing that. It's kind of crazy to hear that. Like, like we just like they're like a territory and they have it. Yeah, I mean, crazy. Yeah, you know, I've been to Mexico and I can walk in and buy a Z pack if I'm sick, you know, and not have to pay out the butt for it. But you know, like my mom was diabetic and I'm paying a thousand dollars a month for her her medicine, and it. it it shouldn't be that way. You know, we take care of all these other countries. And if we could just take that money, that $60 million, or I'm sorry, $60 billion we sent to Ukraine and put it in our communities, imagine what we could do. Yeah. You know, like this money, it has to be money laundering. That doesn't make any sense outside of it. Ukraine just has to be money laundering. And then <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, if we put any of that new infrastructure, it would be fine. Like it makes no sense. Like just like, yeah, no, it makes no sense how we're not doing anything. It's like we have a president that can't form sentences. And we have, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, like, <laughs> like, like the best salesman in America can't form sentences, supposedly. You know, it's just, it's like insulting. It's like, uh, it's like, like, I wish China would just say they already took over. You know, it's like, we already took over. We have your, we have your land. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's like, it's just not even, a, it's like the most boring world takeover I've ever seen in my life. And maybe globalists too, you know, instead oh, we of. We owe them so much money. You know, we're in debt to China. We, we might as well just say, yeah. here, take it, you know. Yeah, I mean, and they're not, we just hand it to them. We handed them like industry. We handed them factories. They have numbers. They have factories. They have everything. And it's like insanely insulting. Like, they like sold our entire country, and we're just like here to like fix it. Like we have to, we have to be the guy. We have to be the people that fix this now. You know what I mean? Like it's like crazy. I think that rants over. So uh, we should. Oh, Anthony froze up on me for a minute. <laughs> Am I still? You still here? Actually, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Nope, you froze up on me, Anthony. I can't hear you. It's weird. Let me hang on. <laughs> it's still frozen on your end. She can't hear me. <laughs> We're having some technical difficulties if anybody's watching. Um, here he comes. Hey, sorry about that. I, I, you didn't freeze on mine, but like, I, I don't think you could hear me or see me, it seemed like. Hello? On your side, I was watching the outside. Can you hear me? Well, I can see you, but I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Oh my goodness. You guys know internet's crazy, so I don't know if you guys can hear Anthony or, or just me. But um yeah, it's it's wild out there and uh man our communities are going to shit and uh 
nobody's doing anything about it. So we have to step up as citizens and we're going to have to we're going to stand up for ourselves and be the Americans that we are and really come together and, and, and make it a better world for everybody. Make it a better world for your children, your grandchildren, um, your nieces, your nephews. Because so if you guys can hear me, we're, we're working on Anthony. And I don't know if he's having problems on his end or if it's my end that I'm even having problems on. But it's um, can you hear it's me a now? crazy world. Can you hear me? Anthony? Can you hear me? Hello? I kind of got you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, live streaming is not always what it should be. Um, Live streaming is uh, is one of the most difficult things to do, and I've I've done it, and I've had a radio show, and it's not the easiest thing in the world. And trying to come up with things to talk about and and get good uh, people to interview is hard to do. And um, there's always technical difficulties, things go down, and obviously I think Anthony's having some issues on his end. And if this is still going, which I think it is, because the live calendar showed up on my screen. <laughs> Um, this is, uh, this is what live is all about. So if any of you guys want to get a live streaming, um, it, it, it can be a problem, but, uh, I know Anthony and I were talking about the economy and, and things like that. And anybody from schools that's listening, um, you know, we we're talking about the economy and politics. And if you know, if Anthony, you can hear me even, uh, when we get back that, uh, Tashara Jones is sitting on a couple, like almost a billion dollars. Uh, and not spending it and not putting it into the community. Uh, like I said, I was just in Puerto Rico and the streets were clean. It's a very clean uh, country. And, you know, they're part of the United States. They're, they're a republic of us. And um, the streets were just, I mean, the people took pride in their, in their community. And, you know, one day they were working on a street and they were tearing it up and the next day it was done. Uh, they said sometimes they're slow to get to things, but when they get to it, they work on it till it's done. And you guys see here in the United States, if anybody's been on 55, you guys know it's been shut down for God knows how long. Um, you know, one one crew comes in and tears it all down. Next crew comes in and starts building it back up. Another crew comes in and cleans up. And then another crew comes in and lines and stripes. I mean, and nobody's on a timeline. They're on their own timelines. So it destroys our communities and it makes things harder for us. And we just go with it. And then people just think, okay, this is normal. And we have to just live with what they're doing to us. And and we don't demand better for ourselves. We don't stand up to them and say, hey, fix this. Do this. Um, we forget that the government works for us. And um, <laughs> it, it's, it's crazy that they actually can, they think they can tell us what to do when we're technically their boss. Um, we elect them. And if you, if you read the constitution, if you read, um anything that has to do with politics it's they are they're we're their bosses and they have the audacity you know to shut us down um and treat us like children and and like we said in 2020 you know with the masks and everything uh, i stood up to it i mean i wore a mask when i had to when i was flying i didn't stop flying i was still flying all over the country 
Um, I was doing that before my husband passed um, teaching. And I, you know, I started to teach. I already had commitments to teach. So I was teaching still and flying. Um, I wore a mask because I had to, not because I wanted to. Um, I have asthma, so I'd always pull it down and I get yelled at by the airline to pull it back up or get in trouble. You know, arrest me. I was a policeman. You know, you're going to arrest me because I'm not wearing a mask. Um, it's a mandate. It wasn't law. And people didn't understand that. They thought because the government said you had to do it, you had to do it. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's scary out there what the government thinks they can get away with and um, what we're allowing them to get away with. And that's the big question. You guys have to understand it's uh, are the big word allow. We're allowing these things to happen in our life. And we're a lot. Of, I can't say we, but a lot of people are cowering down and just allowing it to happen. Um, when, in fact, we the people are the ones who really control everything. And we need to realize that again, and we need to stand up. And and I believe, and I don't know how many people believe this, and I might get a lot of enemies for this, but I believe a lot of our politicians all need to be fired, impeached. And, and impeachment isn't anything. It, you know, if you guys really look at it, they can impeach anybody, but doesn't mean they're going to lose their job. Um, Biden can be impeached today. He's still going to be in office. They can't do anything about it. Um, there needs to be tribunals held. There needs to be um, military tribunals held. And evidence need to be presented and people need to be held accountable for the crimes they're committing in our country um, and and convicted. Politicians um, make quite a bit of money. And if you've ever noticed, you know, they get in office and they're of meager means. They they, you know, might be might be making 40 to maybe 80,000 a year, maybe even up to 100,000 a year, whatever job they had. They get elected and then you look at their net worth and their worth a couple million dollars. Um, how is that possible? You know, unless they're taking money on the side from other people. Um, Corey Bush is a big example in Missouri. Um, anybody that knows her, she lost her nursing license. Um, I'm not sure why, what happened. Uh, somehow she got elected. She ran against Lacey Clay. Um, Lacey was not he wasn't running a campaign and I had some conversations with some people last night and they said, you know, he should have groomed somebody for his position. He shouldn't have just sat back and think, Oh, I'll just get it on my name only. People got tired of Lacey. And, um, a lot of people were, were, you know, didn't have confidence anymore. So they voted for the next person that was available. And it was Cori Bush. And she turns out to be part of the squad and she, you know, her ideas of things are not great. She will not debate anybody that goes up against her because she can't. It's not that she won't do it. She can't do it. She, her means of doing it or not, she can't. She doesn't have the intelligence enough to do it. Um, it her supposed bodyguard, who's now become her husband, is still on salary. He gets, I think she's already paid him up to 400000 And she continues to pay him. He's her husband. Um, in the state of St. Louis, in St. Louis County, you have to have a license to work security. Um, in Washington, D.C., you have to have special permits and license to be security. He doesn't have any of it. Um, but yet, she still has him on payroll. Um, money's coming right back into her household. Um, I think if that gravy train uh, dries up and she doesn't have that money coming in, uh, I think he's going to walk. He's not going to be her husband anymore. Um, I don't wish ill will on anybody like that. And I don't ever wish somebody to be like that, but um, 
Yeah, it, it's it's there's a lot of money laundering going on, like you said, Anthony. Um, I don't know what happened to our connection. <laughs> Again, I'm missing you, Anthony. I want to have a conversation with you. Um, you were laughing and joking about, you know, having the uh, <laughs> the bongs on there, or whatever, you know, the um, the pipes. And uh, I've just recently got involved with psychedelics of Missouri and working with that to treat uh, PTSD and military and first responders. And uh, yeah, we're looking into psychedelics and uh, I'm on that bandwagon right now to see what we can do to help first responders with psychedelics. So yeah, your, your uh, pipes and stuff weren't a surprise. Like I said, we, uh, we're getting into some big things now in the state of Missouri that we're trying to get and uh, we're doing some research and I'm doing my research to, so I can help first responders out there. And uh, it's all through the, the Dorn Foundation. So it's it's some great things. I I don't see anybody with comments or anything like that. I'm trying to see if anybody's on even watching because Anthony's not here. Gabriel, Gabriel, I see you're on there. Um, and uh, yeah, we're we're just waiting for Anthony to try and get reconnected. I know he's having issues. We may just have to start this over again um, with him. But I'm going to keep talking until I get Anthony back or until he cuts me off. Uh, I don't know what else you guys want to know about. You know, um, oh, my gosh, there's so much going on. Um, St. Louis area-wise, <sighs> Tashar Jones, police force should be 1,200. They've just had that in the news where police force should be at 1,200. They've reduced those numbers. Um, there is 912 uh, officers paying into the pension right now. So that's the ones who are actually getting a paycheck every month is 912. That doesn't mean that's how many are on the job. Um, when we redistrict, there was 100 officers per district and there's six districts. So that's 600 officers. And then you have support staff. You have homicide, sex crimes, um, child abuse, traffic division. I mean, there's so many other units that we have and there's hundreds of officers there. Um, SWAT team alone, there was a lot of officers and um, our undercover guys and detectives that just do the detective work, that accounts for a lot of numbers. But then you have to take into account, we have a lot of officers that are um, on family leave. We have officers that are taking their sick time. We have a lot of officers getting ready for retirement. You have many officers that are under investigation and uh, they have 90 days to investigate these people. When an officer does something wrong, they have 90 days. And the investigation is supposed to be complete in 90 days. If not, they're to ask for an extension. Um, that officer is put on administrative duty or administrative leave, which means they're not an off body on the street. Some of these investigations are going way past 90 days. They're six months to a year. Some officers have waited up to three years to get their investigation completed. Um, officer involved shootings can be more complicated. So, yeah, those can take a little longer and those get um, extensions on them. So you have to understand there's there's probably right now, I would say 750 to 800 officers on the street. Well, assigned to the street. Um, districts used to have 15 to 18 officers and three sergeants on any given shift per district. So you would have 18 officers, three sergeants, six districts so each district would have 18 officers three sergeants you'll be lucky to have one sergeant 
and two officers per district now. Um, that's how short staffing is. One call will take out two officers. Anything domestic related, um, shootings, cuttings, robberies, uh, carjackings, things like that are automatically two officers. Um, domestic violence is two officers. If your car stolen, um, you're a victim of a crime or um, and nobody's injured or it's just a property theft, you, you're not going to get an officer to respond. You're lucky to get somebody to answer the phone. They're so short on dispatchers and dispatchers are really the lifeline of any agency. And they just gave them a raise and they're trying to hire them and get them trained. It's a very grueling job. It's long, long, long hours. Um, very stressful. Uh, they hold the life of people and officers in their hands. Uh, and we don't give them the credit that they deserve for it. And they, um, they're hard to keep. Um, they should be considered first responders. Our agency doesn't. Our agency carries them as civilians. And uh, they technically are the first responder. Um, but then get back to our officers where, you know, you don't even have the dispatchers to dispatch, but you don't have the officers to answer the calls. And that gets dangerous, not just for the officers. Everybody always says, oh, it's so dangerous to the officers. It's dangerous to the citizens. Can you imagine if your house is being burglarized or if you're being robbed and you call 911 and you're getting a busy signal? You can't even get somebody to answer the phone. And then when you get somebody to answer the phone, there's nobody available to respond to your call. Um, you've been shot and you're calling for help. You've been robbed and you're calling for help. Um, someone in your family is getting beat up and you're calling for help and there's nobody to answer the call. Um, it's very scary. Uh, what do you do? You know, uh, I blame Tashar Jones in the city of St. Louis. Um, you know, I, I have somebody I can, I can, we can hold accountable for that. Uh, she wants the manpower staffing for the police department to come down to 500. Um, she thinks it's just a numbers game. You know, you need so many officers per capita. Um, in some cities, yeah, that's what you do. That's what you need. Um, but it really depends on your crime stats and the crimes you have. They say crime is down in the city. Um, it's because it's not being reported. That's why it's down. Um, they're just not taking the reports because there's nobody to take them. So, you know, robberies and, and carjackings and stolen autos and things like that aren't being taken because there's nobody to take the reports. So, yeah, your crime's going to get down. You don't have anybody to write a report. So how do you report those things to the FBI if you're not even taking the report? Um, and then at the first half of this year, they got a new report writing system. And I'm not even sure what it is. I, I was gone before they implemented it. But I do know that the system went down and there was reporting errors with it. And the, the system was not converting the numbers over. So um, the crime stats were not getting reported to the FBI. That's mandated by federal law that crime stats have to be reported. Um, it's not being done. And um, nothing's being done about it as far as I know. I mean, the system, the company's trying to fix the glitch, but the city itself used to have a backup system where we had um, a crime analysis group that really worked on that. And they would, I mean, the girls there were amazing. Um, they would tie people to each other that we wouldn't even think of. Um, you know, if you had Pookie commit a crime and, and Davey was with him one time, and then another crime is committed and it's similar, and we know Davey's involved, then we can maybe link him back to Pookie or we can, you know, Big Red or whoever, 
you know, these guys are, she's got names, she got nicknames, she has location, she could tell you what kind of car they were driving, um, the guns they've carried if we've arrested them with guns. Um, these, these, these women were amazing when they were doing this work. And um, I don't even know if we're, we're, we're still using them, but they themselves would solve crimes and put the links together of things. And then they were the ones responsible for reporting it to the FBI. So um, there's so much that's just not happening. Um, Chief Tracy for the city of St. Louis, I don't know the man. Um, I think he has good intentions. Um, but this word allow is going to come into play again. He's only going to do what he's allowed to do. He's under contract with the city. The mayor is his boss. The public safety director is his boss. And he's only going to do what he's allowed to do. Um, you know, he's got a paycheck on the line. He has a job on the line. Um, he may have a contract. I don't know the details of it, but, um, you know, his hands are tied to a degree with what he can and can't do. So uh, it, it gets hard there. And that would be a job that I don't know if I'd be able to take. You know, people always say, hey, run for mayor. I, I don't want to be the mayor of St. Louis. Um, as much as I love the city and worked there for 30 years, almost, yeah, I worked in the city for 30 years. Um, I don't want to take that headache on. There's too much corruption and um, the FBI needs to step in and, and look at more of the schemes going on there. It's a pay to play city. If you want to open a restaurant, if you want to open a business, you're, you're paying somebody. And, you know, they arrested uh, three aldermen, uh, Lewis Reed, Mohammed, I believe, and Boyd. Um, and Lewis Reed got tied up in a scam, uh, you know, he, I, I don't know if Lewis Reed was set up or not. I don't know the details of the crime, so let me not speak on it. But um, Lewis Reed was convicted of taking a bribe, and uh, Boyd was too, and I believe the third guy was as well. Uh, but they were all pawns, and if they keep digging, they will find so many more people involved, uh, licensed collectors, inspectors, uh, mayor even. You know, um, there's so much. You know, and I'm making these accusations. Because I worked in the city and I heard people, you know, and I know businesses who've said, hey, you know, I was trying to open a restaurant down there and uh, I had a broker. I went through a guy named Tony and I gave him, you know, $50,000 and he, he, next thing I know, he's walking, he's got my license. No questions asked, you know, um, I, I don't know how it works. I've never tried to open a business in the city of St. Louis. And, uh, but I believe, you know, I believe some of these people when they say that. You know, it, it's a big dollar. Um, and these aldermen have made their jobs a full-time job when, in fact, they're part-time. Uh, St. Louis County aldermen work a part-time job, and they don't make near the money that the city aldermen do. And the city aldermen have just given themselves a raise. Um, that's your taxpayers, guys. And if they're not doing the job you hired them for, and they're telling you what they will and they will not do, that's a problem. Because, you know, they are your employee and anybody who's ran a business and you have your employees telling you what they will and will not do, they're probably not going to be employed with you much longer. Um, that goes for all government at every level, city, state, federal. Wow. We, we got to look at these people and see if they're doing what's best for us. Um, I'm going to promote myself. <laughs> uh, Anthony, I love you, hon. We're gonna have to talk. Here he comes. He's back Can on. Can you hear me? 
You can't hear me, can you? I think it's on your end. I could. I feel like it, it's working. Hello. Yeah, we're, we got the spinning wheel of death going on over here. We got the we got the picture trying to come up. Is it not working yet? Nope. We lost him again. Oh no. Anthony. But um you know, for those of you that don't know, I run the David Dorn Foundation. Captain David Dorn was my husband. Um he was murdered in June of twenty twenty during the um George Floyd riots. And most of you know now that that narrative is a false narrative. Um the coroner's report is saying he died of an overdose. We'll never know the truth. And um, anyway, I started the Captain David Foundation in honor of my husband. He's a great man. Anybody that knew him knows what a giving spirit he had. He took care of his officers. And so I started the Captain David Dorn Foundation to give back and to take care of the first responders in our community um, in Missouri. And if, if I ever make enough money, it could go national. But right now I'm taking care of our local communities. Uh, the, the lower paid um, understaffed first responders, whether it be police, fire, or EMS. Um, you don't realize some of these communities that make very, very little money, whether it be police or fire, there's some out there that are making $14, $15 an hour and putting their life on the line every day, fighting fires, um, answering police calls. And uh, they can go work at a fast food restaurant and make more money. But yet, it's a calling, just like being a priest or a nurse or a nun, I'll be a police officer, firefighter, or paramedic as a calling for us. Um, it's something in our soul that we want to do. And uh, I want these guys to know that they are appreciated, even though the community doesn't always stand with them. And I want to give them something, uh, equipment they can use, um, everyday equipment that they would need to buy personally for themselves. They'd have to buy it out of pocket. Um, a lot of agencies will give people uh, a badge and a gun and maybe a uniform. Um, they have to buy a coat. They have to buy their duty belts. They have to buy things like that. And uh, I might be getting uh, Gabriel. Uh, I'm sorry. Gabrielle. I keep saying it wrong. But um, uh, but we buy them equipment that they would have to buy out of pocket. And um, it, it this is something that, that keeps food on their table. Um, Helps them pay for little league expenses for their children or medical expenses they might have to pay. Um, a lot of them don't have medical insurance. So that, you know, that extra money comes in handy. A flashlight, a good flashlight can run them almost $100, a tactical flashlight. Boots are anywhere from, boots start at about $90 to $100, depending on what they're getting. Um, a pair of uniform pants, depending on what they're wearing, could $49, starting low rate up to $80. A shirt. Um, that's embroidered, made with their name on it or the police logo on it, is got about forty to fifty dollars. Um, we priced out coats recently, and they averaged one hundred ninety nine to two hundred fifty dollars. Uh, a duty belt, just say the holster alone. A good holster is going to run you one hundred fifty, two hundred dollars, maybe. It, it just depends on what you're getting, what level you're getting. A pair of handcuffs, forty, fifty dollars. Um, a tourniquet, twenty dollars. We um, we buy some stuff for them. 
we buy we buy them a gear bag so they can carry all their stuff and we do get them a tactical flashlight that would cost them a hundred dollars out of pocket 150 dollars out of pocket um we supply every one of them with a um the the flashlights have gone to fire ems and police officers um we supply police officers with law enforcement specific first aid kits um tourniquet uh Vaseline gauze and uh, RTO a bleed pad with a wrap. Um, this is something that will keep them alive if if they're injured. That will give them the opportunity to get to a hospital that could be 45 minutes to an hour away in a lot of these rural communities um, to get to a level one trauma hospital. Um, they might have to be airlifted, um, which could be 45 minutes just to get the helicopter to them. But um, yes, these guys are distance away. And uh, again, they don't make much money. So we try and help them out the best we can. Anything we buy for them goes straight to the first responder. It does not go to their agency. Their agency gets no benefit from this. This solely goes to the boots on the ground, as we say. And uh, all donations we get go straight back to our first responders. I I have a pension. I have a very well-funded pension. Um, I don't need the money. um, So I have a separate you know, the foundation is a 501c3. And again, every dollar that goes into that goes to our first responders and making sure they're taken care of. Um, we have an annual event in April where we do a trivia night. Um, I'm not sure the date. I believe it's the 14th or the 12th of April. It's going to be down in Festus, Missouri. We're having a trivia night. All proceeds go to the Captain David Orn Foundation. And uh, we're looking to do a uh, cornhole tournament soon and i think that's going to be really really fun um i'm getting in touch with those guys soon and we're going to see what we can do the first of the year and get a cornhole tournament set up Uh, i think that'll be really cool uh we'll have some really cool prizes and different things to go with it maybe a silent auction along with our trivia night we'll have things for that as well we're looking for sponsors we're looking for any donation that anybody wants to give to us you can reach out to the dornfoundation.com to, to donate and uh, we're, we're willing to take anything. A dollar is a dollar. A thousand dollars is a thousand dollars. Every dollar goes to help. Um, trust me, you know, when I think when I'm getting down to that last penny and another agency calls and asks for help, um, somehow the donations come in, whether it's $10, whether it's $20 or $50, um, they come in and they come into a little and those little that little bit adds up to a lot. And when I get to an agency that needs something, I have, I really haven't had to tell anybody no yet. I might tell them, Hey, it's going to take me a little bit. I got to get some money, but the community and people have come through. Um, so far we've been lucky and we've been watched over by some guardian angels that um, keep us funded. And it, it's a miracle that I, you know, but as soon as I get the money in, it's right back out to these first responders. Uh, we do help with mental health. Um, I have all my connections in the mental health community that I've had for many years. Uh, I have referrals that I can refer people to. Any first responder, active or retired, also family members. Um, we do alcohol um, and drug rehab. We have connection with those. Um, we do have an option to um, supply service dogs to uh, retired or possibly disabled 
first responders um, in the St. Louis metro area and the surrounding communities. Uh, well, Missouri, not Illinois yet. We haven't gotten our 501c3 over there yet, but we'll we'll work on that soon. Um, but yeah, service dogs are all definitely in there as well. I see a huge benefit with them. And again, we're looking at possibilities. Like I said, I'm working with the psychedelic community and uh, there's some really, um, if you guys just research it, you will see the the possibilities that are in there um, for psychedelics to actually cure PTSD. Um, it doesn't cure it for everybody because brain chemistries are different or there's dependencies or there's other levels going on in the brain. But I'm learning a lot, guys, and I'm keeping a, such an open mind about it. Um, so, yeah, we got we got some great things going on. And like I said, I'm, I'm constantly learning. I'm still traveling the country teaching policemen. Um, I teach FTO, FTO management, and uh, I just developed a wellness course. So if anybody's interested in that, reach out to me. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, on Facebook and Wood Dorn. Um, I don't know my Instagram handle. I'm sorry. Um, but you look for me and, and you'll see me. It's my picture on there. Um, but yeah, DornFoundation.com is how to reach out to us. There's volunteers on there. You can donate. You can look at our past things that we've done. Um, it, it tells you all about the foundation. It tells you about David. It tells you what we're doing. It tells you about me and uh, my co-founder, Gary Foster. And, uh, you know, we're out there working. So, um, you know, it is, it is, it's a great, it's a great opportunity to get involved if you want to help your community and let your first responders know you care about them. Um, there's so much that needs to be done in our communities. And um, I was told by a, a Medal of Valor winner, uh, McLaugh, McLaughlin. Um, he told me that our soldiers are our international soldiers. They go overseas and fight for us. But our police and our first responders are our domestic soldiers. They're the ones who hold the front lines down. So our soldiers and go fight wars and defeat terrorism across the world. They know they can leave their families and they'll be safe and protected if our first responders are intact. So that really rang a bell with me to know that, you know, we work together as a community um, and we hold the, the fort down here while they go overseas and fight for our country and our freedoms that we have. Um, freedom is fleeting. You have to fight for it. And uh, we really got to be on top of it. So I'm not sure what Anthony's doing. Again, I know his system went down. And if this is being recorded or live streamed, um, I thank you all for listening. And I'm sure Anthony will come on with some things. And um, we'll be back on soon, hopefully. Maybe we'll redo this and uh, see what's going on. He said he didn't have a producer tonight. So that could be part of it. I know um, I have technical difficulties at times, so please bear with him and, and don't be discouraged by it. Um, Anthony's doing some great things. Uh, yes, he tours. Yes, he's comedian, but he has a good message. And um, the people he brings on have great messages, too. So uh, and some fun. You know, hopefully we'll get back on and you guys are listening to me ramble on about my stuff. And uh, there's so many things I could be talking about, but um, we'll see. I say um too much and I say so. So you guys have to get used to me <laughs> doing that. Uh, I'm not the greatest public speaker. I'm working on it. But I hope you guys really tune in to Anthony 
for more. And um, I hope to be back on and we can, he and I can have continue our conversation that we started. And I know the time is running out. I'm sure I think his podcast is an hour, but um, when he gets back on, uh, we will talk. So I'm going to switch over to Instagram and I'm going to sign off you guys. Um, and we will see what's going on with Anthony. And like I said, we'll try and reschedule this and I'll, I will definitely come back and, and be on with Anthony again so we can talk and uh, have a great time with you guys. So um, thank you guys for tuning in and I will see you guys soon. Anthony, I thank you and I'll be reaching out to you uh, momentarily and we will reschedule this so we can get it, get it going. All right. Love you guys.